you took me by surprise when you turned your camera on because you look a little bit like the guy in a music video. And that's no. not an insult. It's hilarious. The music sure. video is really fun. Sure. He weighs 450 pounds, so I will not take that as an insult, but... <laughs> Yeah, I but, think I saw you in a Blues Traveler video once, yeah. too. <laughs> you sure you didn't see me in a SeaWorld commercial one okay, time, I'm Anthony? Seeing your okay, face. I apologize. I'm seeing okay. your face, all right? Okay, all right, Everybody fair enough. Us. Shane is actually on the West Coast. He's in Nevada, and I'm in New Jersey by New York. So, so how do you two know each other? Uh, high school. Went to high school together. Uh, what was it, 15 years ago, maybe? Maybe more than that. If we graduated. Freshman uh, year. We graduated 15 years ago, yeah. Then um, uh, some ground rules for you guys. Uh, it's not a family show, so you can use the language you want, but it's not oh, HBO, okay. so keep it in your pants. <laughs> Do you guys mind going one against the other for the songs? Is that a problem for you guys? Was that no? I don't mind. Well, your your podcast is called Your Worst Friends, so I'm guessing you guys are used to not agreeing with each other for some reason. Uh we just we needed a name, and it was something we threw out there. Uh, there's a there's a couple of there's a famous comedian down here in the U.S. Uh, and they have a podcast called Matt and Shane. Um, and the problem was his name is Shane and my name is Matt. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I needed, I needed something to tag on. So it didn't look like we were stealing another comedian's podcast. <laughs> so yeah. we just kind of came up with, you know, a name. I uh, think it works though. We argue a lot on the show. It works. Yeah, we do sometimes. Yeah. Occasionally we argue more off the show, but yeah. All right. Usually <laughs> I, um, I ask a topic of my, of my guests, but you guys, um, I, I couldn't figure anything at all. And it's kind of hard for people to come up with a topic of their own. So I thought I'd put you up uh, against one another. So I gave you five categories and, um, well, your, your responses are, 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 are quite interesting. Um, Shane, we're going to have a talk, you and I. Oh boy. Later on. I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so first song that you guys ah. uh, were asked to do is a driving song. So I don't mind if it's uh, if it's burning rubber or just Sunday driving. I'm a Sunday driver myself. I just want a song that makes you enjoy the driving a little bit more. So let's start with Matt. Um, sure. What what's your song and why? My uh, my driving song was uh, a song called "Easy Rider" by Action Bronson. Um, I'll be honest with you, Anthony. Uh, I. I am not a big, uh, as big of a music guy as the two of you are. Okay. I like music. I appreciate music, but it doesn't necessarily hit me on the same level as it hits some people. I know Shane specifically, every song can hit him in a different way, uh, different emotion he can draw from it. I just like things that catch my ear and, and, you know, I've heard 13 times, which is, I believe, the old advertising adage that if you've heard something enough, it becomes catchy to you. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that, but uh, the song I picked was "Easy Rider" by Action Bronson. It's a, it's just kind of a nice, easy, rolling song. Um, it's rap, but it's also got that rock kind of background to it. Um, I don't picture burning rubber, like you said. I picture kind of just cruising on an empty highway when I play this song, and um, it's got a big guitar part at the end. Uh, I just, I, I enjoy it. I can throw it on and and I can put it on repeat. 
you know, if I had to, and just kind of cruise down the highway by myself. Uh, what is it about white people? Uh, <laughs> I don't what know. Is it about white people? <laughs> I, I know. I don't know, man. White people. What is it? Why do we like rap so much? I don't understand that. Um, you mean, know, it's not, it's not about us. We we didn't come up with that. It's not about our plight. No, no. Uh, why? I I know why I like rap so much personally. Go and ahead. I, why? Because black people are so much cooler than white people, <laughs> and black people invented rap, and they're better sure. at it, and they uh, are smarter uh, with with beats and rhythm, rhythm. And, and you know, you'll have your people come in and make their Eminem argument. Okay, thank you. He's very good too. But if it wasn't for the African American uh, producers behind him. Eminem's fine, all right? Black people are just better when it comes to rap. They're awesome. They're the best. They have more style. They have more rhythm. They're awesome. Shane, your song, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name of the artist. I think it's Pliny. I'll go with that. Pliny, the song is called Sweet Nothing. Why this one? Um, You know, I think Matt uh, kind of captured a lot of what I was going to go for. Uh, it's like a really good cruising song to driving song it's instrumental uh it's the only instrumental i picked out of the five um which is odd i think because i listen to a lot of instrumental music maybe half of the music i listen to has no lyrics or vocals at all is there a reason um, for that? This, um well i think i focus more on the um theory of music the instrumentation the virtuosity of the playing Um, I consider the voice an instrument, too. So when the singing is outstanding, I mean, it falls right in line. But um, I, uh, music to me, I'm, I really connect with the, the sound itself more than lyrics or, um, you know, a, a theme or anything like that. I connect with the, the feeling that I get from uh, hearing the sound that the musicians created with their instruments. Um, like I said, it's it's just um, smooth. It's mellow. It starts off soft, and um, it progressively gets like louder and more climactic. Builds up. Um, at the same time, it's um, showing off Pliny's ability as a guitar player. Uh, he's outstanding. It's showing off his versatility in genres. It's a jazz song. It's a rock song. It's an ambient song. Um, there's even a little bit of metal in, in the song. Um, so it, it just kind of encapsulates everything I like on the road. I like, um, I like the feel of just you know, sitting back and relaxing and, uh, you know, trying to enjoy the drive as much as possible. Because normally I don't like driving. It's interesting that you mentioned, uh, the absence of lyrics. When I listened to it, it, it reminded me as, uh, it sounded like a mashup of The Cure And yes, I mean, old time yes. Oh, yeah, I get some yes vibes. Yeah, definitely. So much that I could hear John Anderson vocalizing, even though you don't hear any vocals, you can almost imagine him coming in and singing to that, whatever he would be singing, just you can imagine mm -hmm. his voice sweeping into that. Uh, I really liked it. It had a clear uh, late 80s electro jazz vibe. There's a band here in Montreal called Uzeb that sounds exactly like that, so it was striking. Um, nice. So... Just to put things in context for the listeners, what are you guys driving? <laughs> Me, I just bought a uh, 2019 Kia Nero, which is a little hybrid car. You jump it on the highway, though, throw it in sport mode, goes faster Ooh. than my old Civic used to go, okay? All right. Electric cars go fast. You just don't have the range. There you go. Fair. I agree with that. That's Shane, true. What are you driving? 
I'm driving uh, 2013, I think, Nissan Murano. I like, uh, like that. I like that. Good uh, we have a panel of judges. It's uh, a, a group of friends of mine. We're um, we're all podcasters from different podcasts. We came together and started hanging oh, cool. out and exchanging, and we call ourselves the Podcast Posse. Um, oh wow! So the first nice. judge, <laughs> the first judge, uh, Scott Mayer, is a British from New York, and um, he's a huge, huge fan, by the way, of Alkaline Trio. He has a tattoo of Alkaline Trio. I'm just <laughs> putting that out there, Shane. Just saying that. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, he went with uh, Action Bronson, Easy Rider. Second judge okay. is his wife, uh, Pam, ah. who calls herself Pam Ham. She uh, is host of a podcast called The Shed. She talked nice. about Marvel and DC. It's really, really nice. She voted for ah. Easy Rider. Ooh, not looking good for Shane. Third judge is Alex Fodderingham. He's the co-host of a podcast called Captain and the Meerkat, and he's a visual producer. He does music videos and logos, and anything visual is really, really good. He voted for Pliny. So there you go. Means, I don't know what he's writing, On but he's British. Uh, oh. <laughs> Ew. Fourth judge is uh, a Canadian, a good friend of mine, Kat Ward. She uh, is a bona fide ghostbuster. I kid you not, and she's really good at it. She hosts a podcast called that's Paranormal good. Heart, and she voted for Pliny. Oh, wow. So that's two and two. The last one is my good friend, Dee Salmon. She's not a podcaster, but she is a huge fan of my podcast, which means that she has great taste. There you go. I and agree. She voted for Pliny. Sweet I disagree. Whoa. <laughs> I disagree wow. on her taste. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you want to say she has good taste, maybe she's got to hear our podcast. But if she voted for me, then I'm she's got great taste. Yeah. Impeccable. Yeah, she she drives her. a Pontiac G6. There you go. Oh, okay. all right. Uh, so the first song goes to you, Shane. Congratulations. Your song goes to the, end oh. of the show.
Might as well enjoy it while it lasts, Shane. Oh, shit. Um, the second category nah. was the song on a first date. Well, what I imagine when I ask you that is that you're going on a first date and you want the person to know, well, A, to know who you are, and B, you want them to like you. So the first song is Matt's. Go ahead with uh, your choice. Uh, my choice for that was Dine, Dine, My Darling by Alkaline Trio. Um, I like that song because I got into Alkaline Trio late, actually, and I got in because of the lead singer, Matt Skiba. Um, and Alkaline Trio was the first song I had heard. Uh, I'm sorry, Dine, Dine, My Darling was the first song I had where their bassist, Dan, actually took over as lead vocals. And and at first, I, I was kind of fanboying out on Matt Skiba and thinking, you know, no, bring on Matt. Why am I listening to this bassist sing? But he has a deeper tone, and he, he, he really just gives it his all on that song. There you go. Ooh, bassist, deeper tone. I played bass in high school. I stunk. So did you. You didn't stink, though. You were good. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, y- y- hearing it again and again and again, it's just this song about this kind of eternal love, uh, I believe. And he, it's almost like his last days and he's spending it with this woman. It feels like is, is kind of the tone I got from it. I'm not even sure if that's what the lyrics totally convey, but so much of music for me is what I get from it. Not so much what they are trying to convey. That's how I feel Absolutely. most art is, you know? Um, an artist can have a great statement on what their art is, but if I am not receiving it in that way, and if no one else is receiving it in that way, that's excellent for the artist. But you know, I can't appreciate it as as a piece of art if I don't interpret it, uh, you know, the way I need to interpret it. With it. Um, for me, Shane, <laughs> I I gotta ask, do you even like that girl? I mean, do, do you want a second date? Because there, there's okay. nicer ways of saying I don't like you. Like, I don't know, well, slap in the face, pushing her off a balcony. Anything is better, I think, than this. But still, I'm going to let you. I'm going to yeah, let you. Just, split. just kill her, yeah. Um, now, well, I, I agreed. That was my mindset when choosing the song was you want to show your interest. You want to show who you are. Um, I listen to a lot of uh, heavy music. Um, that song in particular by Meshuga, uh, Perpetual Black Second, is the first song I heard by them where I could kind of decipher and recognize what they were doing on their songs. Um, the rhythms seem really complex when you listen to them. They seem jarring, um, but they're actually decipherable to the everyday listener when you learn to accept rhythm and just count one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four along with it. Um, so that's, that's where I am with the song. I, I love the, the polyrhythmic aspect and the, technical aspect um it's a metal song and as for showing my interests um yeah that's that's my that's my goal for that first date i had a i had a kind of a first date um when i was in the marines where i took a girl out to dinner and i was driving her and uh she had like cds that she had brought with her and i was like oh i can just plug my ipod into this you know into this uh auxiliary port and I put on a song that I was really into at the time. And I was like, I'm not sure what kind of music you're into, but just listen to this song. You know, like, I'll fucking tell you what I like about it. I'll explain the aspects I like. And that's what I tried to do. And the look of horror on her face, you know, it, it matches exactly what, what Anthony's, you know, conveying here. You know, she was, she was not pleased. And after the one song, she wasn't going to have any more of my music. Like, even though I was driving... And I was the one paying for the date and everything. She was going to listen to Ludacris for the entire car ride. 
Yeah. Okay. I, I, okay. Yeah. And and that's the the other part of it is you really want to convey in that first date who you are as yeah. a person. Any kind yeah. of fake face you put on. Imagine if something does click, but that clicks with that fake face, mm-hmm. and you have to spend the next twenty years miserable listening to Ludacris in her car. Right. That that was the next point, I guess. Um, with my wife when we first met. Um, she, we, I had MySpace, and she went to my MySpace, and like you could have a song on your profile, yeah. and my song, like as soon as you clicked on the profile, it just blasted you in the face. It was just loud and obnoxious, and she's like, "Oh, okay, cool. This is what you're into." She had a very, you know, laid back, you know, receptive response, and that's that's my mindset with this category: is you're showing who you are to gauge the reaction from the other party to know, like, hey. Is this person going to feel what I'm into? Are they going to appreciate the art that I appreciate? Or, you know, are they going to be able to go on a, on a listening journey with me? My wife and I can listen to, you know, we listen to the whole tool album together, like sitting, sitting on the floor in the house in the dark. If, if a first date isn't going to put out with like, you know, that kind of uh, musical fortitude with me, then she's getting the ax. You don't need a second date at that point. Nope, Keep that in it. mind because we're going to get back to that. But um, uh, it's right. interesting what you said about MySpace. Now I, I know how, how, how old you are. Uh-huh. And and I think that's why MySpace crashed because every time you would go on a page, you would hear that freaking song. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think that's why. Um, I, I liked um, I liked that these guys are really good, though. They were invited to OzFest in 2002. And they, they were like a last minute invite. So they had three days to master the, the whole album before going mm-hmm. on tour. And they did all that in three mm-hmm. days, the master and their mixing and everything. And you listen to it and it doesn't show. It doesn't show that they really rushed it. So I think. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. So I, I understand what you said. It's, um, you're looking at the, the, the really artistic, complex side of the music. But, um, I'll be honest with huh. you. I listened to six seconds and I was done. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. I tried so you didn't to get through later. the whole song. <laughs> I tried again later. I just, <laughs> I just, I, I have autistic kids, and to me, it's it's sound, loud sound all the time, never nonstop. So when I listen mm-hmm. to music, I want something that will take away the, the noise and the trashing and the, you know what I mean. So I get that. Yeah, but still, I feel like it complements the noise in my head that just. The cacophony of terror that just resonates constantly in my, you know, ear cavities. If you're able to see the, the beauty out of chaos, I mean, as I said, you're much more educated than me, and that. Oh, I didn't disagree. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, of disagreeing, well, um, th- that was a wash, uh, Shane. Yeah, everybody went with Alkaline Trio. I'm sorry to say that they're they're That's a fantastic, awesome. they're a, a hardcore punk band. But they don't sound like seventies punk. You don't when you listen to them. You don't right. hear that 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 hatred that you heard when you listened to like the Sex Pistols, one of those mm-hmm. original punk bands. So Alkaline Trio, I think, is uh, they, they remind me a little bit of Springsteen, not in their sound, but in their approach to their music, and that they're more sure. blue collar. To sure, it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're definitely yeah, blue collar and and. It, Album by album, you can hear different influences. There's definitely a Cure influence in some of the middle albums, um, kind of more macabre lyrics and and stuff like that. And and I'm just I'm really appreciative that I got the point and I'm um, a big winner on this one. And uh, Anthony, continue on with your show. Don't leave me alone. I'm waiting for this to 
Song number three. Wow, um, that's the song to listen to when you need to pick me up, Matt. Um, I don't know what exactly you want to pick up. Earplugs. Or- <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. That was a good line, Anthony. Um, so it's an hour of stewing on that one. <laughs> no, well, no, I listened to it and I was like, I, I know that song because I'm, I'm a child of the '80s and '90s. I know in utero. And to me, this song that you chose is is Nirvana's Helter Skelter. John Lennon used to say that Helter Skelter is nothing but jumble and noise. He didn't like that song at all. And to me, that's that's the song you chose. It's the lesser one of Nirvana because it doesn't seem as polished and as intended as everything else that they did. I I completely agree with you, and I believe uh, Kurt Cobain would completely agree with you if he was um, around nowadays. Um, I think that's what's so great about it. Uh, This is not the actual story behind it, but I think the music tells a story in and of itself in that Nirvana put out their early albums in Bleach, their B-sides and Sesticides, 
was the the B-Sides album. And you could hear that really heavy punk, you know, nastiness to them. Almost that, yeah, that 70s feel that you talked about before, Anthony. And and to me, uh, Nevermind is obviously the polished, you know, album, the, the, the commercial kind of the. Yeah, the commercial, and I hate to say, but the corporate album more. It it's yeah. it's really polished over, and and its success showed why it was you know such a corporate feeling album. And to me, In Utero was was Cobain trying to get back to that original feeling he had had um, when he got into music. The hard, heavy, lo-fi. Lo-fi was a great way of putting it, Shane. Feeling, and to me, the I most. Know. To me, the most uh, lo-fi, aggressive kind of, you know, uh, uh, let's just blow these speakers out song on that. Not even necessarily loud. Let's just throw some feedback that's really going to mess your head up on that album is Radio Friendly Unit Shifter, which is what I picked. So while I may agree with you on my big win uh, for the first date song where I was a big winner, um, whereas, you know, you may not want some noise some burst and explosion of noise some claymore mine of noise blowing up in your face on a first date if you were looking for a song that's a pick-me-up to me i'm not playing you know a a pop song from the early 90s uh i i I want something that is going to send some noise some shock waves through my body and i need some distortion on that i need it to be fast i need it maybe to be a little bit lo-fi as shane said and I need it to kick me in the ass. And and to me, there's Pick nothing better. Up. There you go. Nothing better than Nirvana Radio Friendly Unit Shifter, which it's, was it's a wake you again, up more than a pick you up. Exactly. Look, let me let me say, if you're at the gym and you're going to do your last rep, obviously I don't go to the gym, um, as <laughs> Anthony pointed out with his Shamu comment earlier. Uh, <laughs> but. You're up there. You want to get your last rep well, hold in. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I never said he was fat. You said that, buddy. Yeah, you said uh, – Anthony said Blues Traveler is what he said. Oh, I yes. That? I remember that. No, you didn't. You said actually <laughs> Thompson, who's even bigger than Blues Traveler. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think you want to get that last rep up. Again, you're not playing Manic Monday to, to really get your <laughs> Well, some people up. might. Yeah. Is that some people? Up? Sure. Is, is that considered a pick me up? Medic money? No, no, I don't know. I mean, what are you lifting? Ten pounds? <laughs> are you benching fifteen pounds? Five on each side and a five pound bar? No. no I need something. You're, you're lifting a clonopin bar. <laughs> Shane, your song um, was a big contrast to the previous one, and I mean a huge, I mean Grand Canyon chasm of contrast between the two, <laughs> uh, because I liked it. That's, 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 that's all it took, yeah. What's the song and why? Uh, it's Signs by Block Party. In retrospect, I don't know that I made the best choice on this particular category. Um, when I was picking my song, I was picking a song um, that was just kind of a sad song. And I wasn't really thinking about improving my mood because I don't really listen to music to get a pick-me-up. When I'm in a bad mood, when I'm angry, I listen to angry music usually. When I'm sad, I listen to sad music. I mean, when I'm happy, I listen to happier, more light-sounding music. Um, I, uh, the music is usually just a reflection of how I feel inside. Um, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't use the music as like a, a drug or a panacea or something like that. But uh, with this song, I think it still worked in the, in the context because I think it has like an overall positive message. But the song... I mean, I, I know you're probably going to talk about the trivia a little, but the the album, like the previous uh, record, 
was recorded extremely hastily. I think the band locked themselves in uh, the studio for two weeks, and they gave themselves that amount of time to write and record the album. Um, and that song is beautiful. Um, it's meaningful. It has a lot of like heart. It has like a poetic nature where it tells a real personal story. I mean, poetry is not just rhyming words. Poetry conveys like a personal moment or a personal anecdote, uh, but, but with style. And I think that song does it really well. It's about losing someone, um, remembering them in all the things you do. I think he talks about, um, seeing blueberries in the fridge and that always reminds him of the, the dead person. And then the emotions you go through when they're gone, you, you idolize them, you worship them. The, and motif, I think, is where he says, um, I believe in anything that brings me closer to you. Pretty close to that is, is the words. And which, which for me is, is kind of like, um, kind of goes against my core beliefs. It seems like kind of like an affirmation of faith. Like I'll believe, uh, I believe in God or I'll believe in heaven or whatever it takes to make me feel like I'm going to see you again, you know? Um, but I think that that song is just so personal and so beautiful. Um, that I, you know, it, great art makes you forget about your preconceived notions. It makes you forget about any personal bias you have, and it makes you connect with the artist. And I really do on this song. I really feel like pain for this person's loss, whoever it is. They never even really say who it is, you know? Um, uh, this is song number three. So, uh, God, I won't, I won't give you much of a, of a, of a suspense on this. You had four votes. Um, Shane and Matt will, um, oh, worked out well for me. I was really sweating that pick. I was like, man, I don't know if this works for a pick me up after the fact, but oh man, Matt, you're.
Um, all right. Now this, this, this is getting a little bit interesting. Uh, songs to get it on to. Songs basically to have sex to. Oh, I was sure. waiting for this category. <laughs> It is it is interesting the um, the eclectic nature of your song choices, uh, Matt. Again, we're going to start with you. I don't know what to say. I'm a child in the '90s, and um, I love that song. I just would not have been able to sustain the rhythm of it <laughs> during the act. Is all I can say about that. Please, please tell us the song and why. You know, like so many other aspects of the bedroom, it's less about the rhythm and more about the length. Um, <laughs> two minutes and two seconds long, Anthony. Um, that is the mean, yeah. length of time of Blur Song 2. You want to really give yourself about a minute 40 to smoke a cigarette afterwards. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. <clears throat> um, my uh, apologies to Mrs. Mosher. I didn't want to. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, right, she feels it. Yep, barely. Uh, Shane. I'm not disparaging at all your choice. I'm uh-huh. a little bit concerned that um, a girl that says yes to a second date after Mishuga might not have the reaction you're looking for when you look at her and you say, hey, babe, let's, let's listen to Sade. Well, you're, you, you may be correct. I lucked out in the wife department. She's got a pretty eclectic taste, so we can listen to anything together. But the, the strange thing about this choice, when I showed my wife my song choices, she's like, why did you pick that song um, for, for this category? Um, Sade, The Sweetest Taboo is the song. Um, because when her and I have music on, it's usually aggressive, loud metal stuff. Uh, a, a go-to for us is Deftones. Um, that's, that's a, a common lovemaking soundtrack in my home is entire you know, one hour plus Deftones records. They work perfectly. Okay. Um, unlike Matt, I, I, I need two, two minutes plus. I'm not touching that one. 60 or so. But, um, so, so it was weird me picking this song, but when presented with the category, um, it's just the first thing that popped in my head was Sade. Um, like her music is designed for the bedroom. Um, it's smooth. It's, it's jazz, it's soul, it's R&B, it's everything that making love is supposed to be in cheesy romantic movies and in softcore porn on Showtime. Um, and, and that's what I, I, that's what I love about Sade. I mean, I don't mean it in a, in a negative way at all. That's what I love about her music and her icy vocals. You know, it just gets me feeling all tingly. I, I'm a child of the '80s, so I've. I mean, that song was good for the first three thousand times I listened to it on the radio. <laughs> right. Because even today, you, you turn on any easy listening radio station, and that song is going to play. Mm-hmm. So the only question I have is, why this one and not Smooth Operator? Um, well, Smooth Operator comes from her first album, which I think is phenomenal because it's actually just a jazz album. Yeah. Um, as she kept progressing, it became more soul and more R and B even a little hip hop into the early two thousands. But, um, smooth operator is a great jazz song. When I listen to smooth operator, I am, I'm just grooving with that song with the bass, with the sax, with the drums. I wouldn't be able to concentrate on having sex when the smooth operator was playing because I would just be so absorbed in wanting to get on stage and, you know, squint my eyes and 
do some jazz motions. Um, I gotta say, Matt, only Alex Fodderingham of uh, Captain and the Meerkat uh, listened to your song, which says a lot about Alex and why he's single. <laughs> so everybody else, everybody oh, wow. else voted for Sade. Even me, even if I had a vote, I would have said Sade too. I love Blur, like I said. For me, song two is more of a driving song. It makes you want to put your foot down, go a little bit faster, and I don't know. I, I wouldn't pedal to the metal exactly, but not during sex. I don't want to put metal. Sure, I, but ah. when that when when I go through that song, though, my wife often puts her foot down and says, "This can't continue. We can't keep <laughs> doing this." Keep on loving me. 
Uh, the last song to me was the most interesting. I, I, I don't have a fascination with death, but it's, I think it's something that everybody should prepare to, to let everybody know what you want playing at your funeral. What, what's the last piece of art of music that people are going to listen to when they say goodbye to you? So, uh, Matt, you went with a, a fantastic choice. I never would have thought of that. Seriously, my choice would have been Exit Music for a Film by Radiohead. You went with Lou Reed. Please tell me why. I went with uh, Lou Reed, Satellite of Love. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge Lou Reed fan. I like the singles mostly. Um, and I don't even know that the song necessarily relates to death all that much. Uh, I don't think at all. Um and, and and there's another weird side note where you were talking about different versions before. I don't think I would pick a Lou Reed version of Satellite of Love to be played at my funeral. There is a phenomenal ukulele version of Satellite of Love on YouTube. Shane's not a huge ukulele fan because he thinks every hot Instagram girl that can stroke four strings can play one. But there is a phenomenal Lou Reed Satellite of Love cover on ukulele that uh, I think would be phenomenal to end my funeral someday uh, if I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by people that would throw a funeral for me. Do you throw a funeral like a birthday? I don't know. We Regardless. do for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I went with Satellite of Love by Lou Reed. My problem with the ukulele for your funeral was that you're not a 23-year-old blonde white chick getting married. Uh, that was my biggest issue with it. I, I just wanted it better for you. <laughs> Speaking fair, of twenty-three-year-old blonde chick, um, I, I, I didn't even listen to it. I'm sorry. You obviously are not a fan of my show because I, I don't like Prince. I Prince. Um, did. I listened to two episodes of your show. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Honestly, thank you. You didn't hear the segment called "We Hate Prince" on this show. I, I missed the episode. Why we should cancel Prince? You yeah. know what? It's the one with Erica, the sex therapist, that we had a huge argument okay. about Prince. You know, and we are going to have Erica on next week, actually. So I would like wow. to bring that up to her. Yeah. All right, Prince. Uh, sometimes it snows in April. I, I think that's the okay. Why? Well, um, I'll, I'll start by saying this. This is the one where after I sent the list, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not happy with that song. Um, but I'm still going to defend Prince since you're not a fan of Prince. I'll still stick, give you my take on Prince, but I'll go ahead and throw it out for your listeners. My funeral song and for, for anybody in my family who's going to plan a funeral. I don't want a funeral. You can leave me outside in the desert. <laughs> the birds and the coyotes will take care of it. It's fine. But if you're going to have a funeral, play the song Nature of Mind by Glass Ocean. That's my funeral song because it's, uh, like a, it's like a, uh, like a meditation on nature as like a spiritual presence in your life, uh, as opposed to, it's like a religious song without God in it. It's really beautiful. Check it out. Fair enough, um, fair enough, but you can't but change the song. we got to get the Prince. No, yeah, we got to get yeah, the Prince, yeah. yeah uh, so yep. sometimes it snows in April is a song about, well, it's a song from a soundtrack for the movie Under the Cherry Moon. Um, the soundtrack album is called Parade. And this is the closing song. And it is um, the narrator uh, relating events about the passing of the main protagonist of the film, a character named Christopher Tracy. And it's basically the same idea as the Sade song, 
but I should have gone more personal. But it's it's crafted to be a funeral send off. You know, it's crafted to be a song where you think about people who have died um, and you you mourn for them and you try and accept it and move on. That's the process he goes through in the lyrics. And um, that's where the song ends we, with, um, you know, I hope I see him in heaven. But he told me, you know, like, just keep on trucking. You know, that's basically the gist of it. I don't remember the exact words at this point. But um, the music, the music is beautiful. Um, I, it's a solo piece where Prince, I believe, is playing piano and singing at the same time in the studio. And then there's uh, added vocals and instrumentation later from Wendy and Lisa, The Revolution. Um, if you get a chance to listen to his la- second to latest album that came out posthumously, Piano and a Microphone, it's a, it's a 35 minutes, I think, of him just jamming on his piano and singing. Um, it's incredible. It's, uh, it's, it's basically an unfiltered version of what Sometimes It Snows in April is. Sometimes It Snows in April is, is that, but more polished. It's a polished version of him just on his piano, emoting over the music. Prince will always be one of my top, you know, five favorite artists of all time, just hands down. Well, I somewhat second that. I mean, for me, the eighties is pretty much Prince and Bowie one and two or, yeah, you know, dude. one A Batman. and one B. Um, yeah. And Batman. Okay. Yeah. As a, a, as a guy sure. who grew up in the eighties, I, I, I disagree with that, but okay. Fair enough. <laughs> right. um, hmm. A little bit older than you sometimes, and it shows, trust <laughs> me. And, yeah, the 80s, we could, we, I should do just a show about 80s music, but Ooh. yeah, I was getting a little too old. So, um, my friend Cat Ward, um, who's a little bit older than me, even has fantastic taste, decided to vote for Lou Reed, but everybody else went with Prince. So the Whoa! Song was, wow. Yeah, yeah everybody Whoa. This is really. And not the upset I was thinking. I really thought the tables would be turned. Tracy died soon after a long fought civil war. Just after I wiped away his last year I guess he's better off than he was before A whole lot better off than the fools he left here To cry for Tracy Cause he was my only friend Those kind of cars Don't pass you every day I used to cry for Tracy Cause I want to see him again But sometimes, sometimes Life ain't always the way Sometimes it snows in April Sometimes I feel so bad So bad 
Sometimes I wish that life was never ending. And all good things they say never last. Springtime was always my favorite time of year. Time for lovers holding hands in the rain. Now springtime only reminds me of Chasey's tears. Always cry for love, never cry for pain. He used to say so strong. To die on a bed of the dead that left me hypnotized. No staring at this picture, I realized. No one could cry the way my Tracy cried. Sometimes it snows in April. Sometimes I feel so bad. Sometimes, sometimes I wish that life was never ending. But all the good things they say. Never last. I often dream of heaven, and I know that Tracy's there. I know that he has found another friend. Maybe he's found the answer to all. April snow. Maybe one day I'll see my Tracy again. Sometimes it snows in April. Sometimes I feel so bad. So bad. Sometimes I wish that life was never ending. But all good things they say never last. And all good things they say never last. Anyway, um, <laughs> before I let you go, I want to hear. I want to hear about your show. I tried to find your 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 website. I'm assuming you have one because I found you yeah. on Spreaker and on Apple, but I couldn't find your website. What is it? Where? When? How? 
Uh, yourworstfriend.com. Uh, on social media, it is worstfriendcast. Um, all one word. All that's how web addresses work generally. <laughs> um, but yes, all one word. <laughs> Correct. You got to clarify uh, for the for the mongrels. Uh, Shane and I are just two guys in our early 30s who met when we were 14. Um, our lives have gone in very different directions, but, um, we came back together to start talking much more consistently. And, and if you're looking for a funny, good time, just look us up. Your worst friend on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. So what's, what's coming up for your show? We have an episode where we, uh, praise the true heroes of the pandemic, um, the men and women of the United States who refuse to wear masks. <laughs> um, I, I just want to say my wife works in a hospital, so I, I agree and I will be tuning in to your, your praise. These, these great, great people. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's nothing more American and patriotic than screaming at some minimum wage retail worker's face. I have a medical condition. Um, yeah. So, she got that yeah. today. My wife got that today at the hospital. Sure. sure. Um, so that's just have- that's not just America. That's that's everybody here in it's, Canada. Uh, yeah. You know what? I would argue it's probably greater uh, in America, though. Uh, mostly southern states. Um, you know, your Florida, Midwesterns. Um, we release new episodes every Friday. And we do have a Patreon. A bonus episode gets released. It's patreon.com slash your worst friend. It's a dollar a month. It's not necessarily that we're trying to make money off of this. We just produce too much content for people to normally keep up with. So we wanted to find another avenue to bury it. So our normal downloads didn't get you know, laid out. There are no tiers. There will never be any tiers. $5 a month, $10 a month for this. Every piece of bonus content uh, we will be releasing on our Patreon where we just dump it in there you know so many of our episodes that we produce uh some are current but most to this point have been evergreen episodes stories we've had throughout our lives and and this and that so um our downloads are growing exponentially every week you know we're getting more and more from different locations and i like the idea of building a whole nother section of content where if somebody catches on to us Later on in episode 300 and goes, man, I love these guys. I've listened to the first 300. Guess what? There's another 300 episodes buried, you know, over here on Patreon. Pay that you a, dollar, can pay a yeah. dollar and download them all. Okay. I've jumped on the podcast that were hundreds of episodes in and I, I've gone back and started on episode one. Me too. And yeah, I, I did that with several. There's nothing better than having a dearth of content there. I did that. I mean, going back to originally, I've done that with Alkaline Trio. I didn't become a fan of them until they had five or six albums out already. And then I got to go back and listen to all of that music and see their growth and see their change. If you listen to our first episode of our podcast, oh, it's please don't stinks compared to our <laughs> worst one in the last month, you know? I think that's um, the case for every single podcaster on fire. how it goes. It's how it, how it goes. Well, let's, uh, uh, let's give it back then uh, as, a, as a final gesture. What are uh, each, each one of you your favorite podcasts? The one podcast you would say, listen to this one. That is a rough one. Um, I'm a big comedian podcast guy. I love listening to comedy podcasts. I would say uh, there's a group of three comedians, Big J. Okerson, Louis J. Gomez, and uh, Dave Smith do a podcast called Legion of Skanks. And it is just there's no theme to it. It's uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a really good one. I would recommend that podcast to, uh, to anybody. And for you, Shane. I would say Mindscape by Sean Carroll. 
Um, he's a theoretical physicist. Um, he's written a bunch of books about science, obviously, but uh, the show is not relegated to simply science. So he does have other scientists on there to talk about quantum mechanics and string theory and stuff like that. But at the same time, he'll have musicians and authors and doctors now because of the pandemic. And um, just just like Matt said, there's probably about 100 episodes at this point. Um, I haven't heard them all, but I, I did start listening at the very beginning. I tuned in from the very first one. Um, it's it's gotten better and better. Uh, Sean Carroll it just rocks. He's great at science, but he's just great at explaining anything. Anything that he talks about, you understand it. And um, if you're looking for educational content that is easy to digest and um, not super technical. Um, yeah, that's kind of um, all over the place. You get you get to learn about all sorts of subjects. Then Mindscape by Sean Carroll. Thank you so all much. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, this was wonderful. This is a lot of fun. That was very we found fun. two new listeners in us. Well, thank you very much. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. After midnight, we're gonna let it all hang out. After midnight, we're gonna chill and shine. Anthony, kiss mama goodbye. Anthony, will you kiss your mother goodbye?